0: Welcome to the Rock Out of Podcasting. I am said Rock Out of Podcasting Charles McFall, And you know what? We're gonna do this show today. This is Ask Me Anything and Mike, we've got a question. I think I asked myself this question again. But you know what? Until you guys get out there and start doing the hashtag rock out of podcasting and start calling in to speak pipe and hit me bearcrawling at gmail.com. Maybe I should get rockgottapodcasting at gmail.com. I need to do something, but email me your questions. Facebook.com forward slash rockgottapodcasting. Speak pipe is on. Guess what? Rockgottapodcasting.com. I want your questions. So, Mike, until they give us the questions, what do you got today? Well, Charles, today I'm going to have you follow up on some stuff that you've touched on in other shows. Is it a good touch or a bad touch? Charles, <laughs> <laughs> well, show me on this podcast, we're the bad man. <laughs> You have touched on religion and faith in a couple of different ways from a few different directions. Every time you do that, you you, you always have this, hey, Mike, we're going to have to do a show. So you have given your family life and given what we know about you based on previous episodes. Religion and faith are important to you and they're a very big part of your life. Uh, Well, you just you just cursed and blessed at the same time (laughs) you said religion and faith. Like, no, but okay. so religion is definitely a big part has been a, a big part of shaping me. And this is actually gonna roll into something I've touched on about politics and you're gonna hear my opinions on on politics and in insurance and, and you know a little bit of that. Uh and then of course later on we definitely have a show planned to talk about doctors and I want to talk about your health and, and how to control it. Not in a drink this tea or rub this chakra the bad way and you know, no. I'm talking about how to practically do things. But that's another show and you'll hear more about insurance there as well. But religion and faith. So I guess I should start with my background. Uh, you've gotten pieces of it. But if this is the first show you've ever listened to, I've got I've to set it up, right? I've got to get the package for everybody to open because everybody likes opening my package. <laughs> so if you don't know what this show is going to be like, there's your taste right there. Uh, you might want to cut it off in front of the kiddies. It is rated R for a reason. <laughs> rated R for reasons. Huh. So... I was not born into a preacher's family. Well, I guess metaphorically you could say I was. You know, we all are on the paths that we're on and I kinda believe that I, I definitely believe some of the science fictiony routes and I think there's even some I think there's even some science to back it up. And eventually the show will get big enough to where people will listen and go. Oh, yeah, here's this, this, and this, and, or here's a little different way for you to think about it or say things. But I believe there's a science to back up that while we perceive time as a linear thing, that quite possibly all things happen at once. So you could say I was always born into a preacher's family. My dad... Grew up in a military family, and at one point, he actually went to college to be a coach. He always had a, a heart to work with youth and teens, and he's really good at coaching and guiding and always had a heart for it. And he went to college originally for that, for PE and coaching. And this is, of course, back in the 60s, I guess, maybe early 70s. At some point, he went into the military, and when he came back, uh, his mother was very religious, and my mother's mother was very religious, and they happened to be in the same Bible study group or prayer group. And quite honestly, the more history I've dug up about things, the more I go, "You mean the old bitty gossip group?" But okay, basically, my mother was set up with my father. It was one of those churchy (sighs) do gooder things. Now it worked out for the best, because here I am. But uh, yeah, I look back and I think about my own experiences with crap like that. But it was like, ooh, he's young and single. Ooh, she's young and single. They'll be perfect for each other. That has nothing to do with anything, but it was the right path, whatever. So they met blah, blah, blah. At some point after I was born, because I was born in Orlando, Florida, my father decided to go to seminary. And he went to New Orleans, to the New Orleans Seminary as a Baptist school. And that's ultimately where my sister was born. And I have some memories of that time, uh, you know, early childhood memories, nothing nothing shaping me. But, but as I'm starting to form long-term memories, that's where I can tell you my earliest memories really were around is church, right? Because he's not only in seminary doing church things, he is at a huge church, I guess it was, I don't know what they call it in seminary, but basically it's his internship kind of deal. So he's... Working for a church, I, I honestly don't remember much about. It. I just kind of remember our last Sunday there. And actually, it was a big enough church that back in the the eighties, I was born in seventy seven, so this is you know nineteen eighty and above at this point. And Ray something or other, I cannot remember his name, but he wrote and sang a lot of songs. He was putting out records. He was a big freaking deal back then. He was the music minister at that church. Uh, but if you grew up in the church and whatever. This guy was a big deal and we were there, and it's whatever. I've always been around big deals. And that, that's the thing. I never name drop because that's all I've ever known is names. That's the thing. And, and people are like, oh, you like to talk about who you hang out with. One, I do because I like hanging out with them. I like saying, you know, I'm friends with certain people and I do certain things. And obviously, because of societal reactions, I've toned some of that down because, you know, honestly, society is full of shit and they're idiots and they're jealous and they just want to tear people down. But there are people who just go, oh, look at me. I'm important because of the people I know. No, I'm important because I'm the rock right guy of podcasting. And from as early as I can remember, I've been around situations and names that were big fucking deals. That's what I can tell you about my life. So that's part of it. And we'll get into that later. I, I, I guess we'll get into that. I, I'm not sure how that plays out. That's the first time I've really realized that in, in so many words. Is that my entire life? Even though my parents have pulled me away from things, my entire life on my own path, when I was able to live live my own way, has been around big deals all the time. It's just what I know. It's who I am. Anyway, so we he graduates school, and this is what I'm remembering: is he graduates school, we're we're living in this church situation, and by the time he graduates, I think I'm five. I know I had to be five because I remember we moved to Georgia. He got a church in Georgia. I don't know if that's specifically where they wanted to the land. I'm not sure how he got that church, but yeah. Uh, at, by the time we were, I was five, and maybe maybe my timeline's a little off. It doesn't really matter for this point. That's, it's, I remember some story he told before something else that I don't have any memory of. So perhaps my timing's off on remembering all the church stuff. But we moved to Georgia to this little town called Camilla, and it, ladies and gentlemen was tough that 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 that's the church that ended up throwing us out on the street we want to talk about faith versus religion but i'm giving you a little bit of the path now i did actually have an interview with my father about that time and what i can remember of that interview now this is when i was older and had the show bear crawling and and just we skyped and i asked him some point blank adult questions about it and what I remember from that interview was he said he felt like it was run by the mafia, you know, he gets there and he's supposed to be the youth pastor and the assistant pastor of the church. And some of the events I can remember is people, parents causing trouble because this is still mid eighties right now. I'm old enough to, I was five when we moved there. So I'm obviously old enough. that I started first grade a little early. Uh, I was just about to turn six or something. I don't remember the exact thing, but. My birthday is after, even back then, my birthday was after the cutoff for birthdays to get into school, and my mom pushed pushed it, because it wasn't that far off. It was like, then, I think it was Labor Day. Obviously, I'm only a few weeks later than Labor Day, and I'm always very smart and very perceptive on things. So, she pushed it and got me into first grade anyway, and, and I was there from age five, roughly. I, had just turned, I turned six right after I started first grade there, through... We got kicked out of the church at 12 and finally moved about 13. That was that time of life. And so after that establishment, there's no more timeline. Things just happen, okay? These are just memories and parts of the story. But I, I when I say I lived in the church, and I've said that on other shows, I am not kidding. I'm not over-exaggerating. I am talking about Monday through Friday, they ran a front office. I went up there sometimes with my dad. They had computers. as when I first ever played Pong. And it was awesome. They had VCRs when they first came out. So I was able to go up and see these amazing things called movies. Lots of great positive stuff. But then there was also the negative. And I, I remember my dad being a uh, youth pastor, right? And everybody seemed to love him and he seemed to do great at it and petra was a big thing then petra google that i'm not gonna go into a huge explanation but petra was basically a hard rock christian music which 80s is hair metal man 80s is is so hair metal and i love it so much and that's the, basically what petra was doing they were hair metal for christian music and oh my god and they were this was a big church in a small town dude I'm telling you, so Google these names. I'm, I'm telling you, my life has been around big names and greatness. Most of the time before they were big names and amazing. Michael W. Smith played at this church in the gym, right? Not in the main sanctuary, in the gym. Now, they had a massive stage. It, it, it was a presentable area, but it was, it, it was a gym, ultimately, with a big stage. Michael W. Smith one of the, became one of the biggest names in Christian music. I heard him there. He ate dinner with us. Amy Grant, same thing. Carmen did not do that. He wasn't there. But I'm trying to think. There was I know there were some others. Uh, uh, oh, oh, one of my favorites. Dang it, wasn't it? he? Died in the 90s. He did. He wrote the song "Awesome God." I can't think of his name, but he played Rich Mullins. Rich Mullins played there and was amazing. He was really nice to me. Then on the negative side, you know, we had people like Billy Mayo, who was a huge what are they called when well, preachers just toured the country. And they don't have a church anymore. Evangelist, I think. uh, I remember him coming and talking about records and the musics of the devil. And we had a record-breaking ceremony. And I mean, he did like a week-long thing. And I was old enough to be there and understand some of it. And I remember thinking, that doesn't seem right. I mean, everybody gets caught up in the hoopla, right? And that's religion. Let me establish that right now. Religion is bullshit. It is people getting caught up in the hoopla and not actually asking questions, not actually understanding the reasons they believe anything. Faith is your belief, right? And actually, I think Billy Mayo may have been the one to explain this, which is really kind of ironic. I don't remember who explained this, but somebody at one point in this, during this time, in this shaping of myself, they explained, "You here's a chair. Do you know that chair's going to hold you up? Well, you believe it's going to hold you up. That's faith. You just sit down." sometimes a chair breaks. Does that mean you distrust all chairs ever? No, you'll get another chair. You won't sit in that one anymore, but you'll get another chair. That's faith. Faith is just, I live in my belief. Religion is, oh, I don't know, let's go smash the records. you know. Religion is going every Sunday and hearing the same goddamn message of, you got to get saved, which is, is not something I really tie into anymore. Religion is, is, I mean, this is, this is where I do equate politics to religion. And, you know, I'll save the insurance. We'll separate these a little bit. I'll save the insurance for the medical thing. We'll talk about how that's a scam later in the medical controlling your medicine show. But religion and politics go hand in hand because, because here's how I defined religion. This is, I came across this in the, my bear-calling days a couple of, a number of years ago. If I have to believe what you believe for you to believe it, that's religion and you don't actually believe it. And that's what I'm talking about when somebody's like, you, you gotta get saved. This is evil. And they just yell at you. And I'm talking about family members, anybody. They just scream and yell. When I, I'm, I'm gonna pick Republicans because I'm in the South and that's what I'm around, but Democrats do the same thing. When Republicans like, Oh my God, government money for people is horrible. We have to do this and we have to, and they just scream and yell at you. You're full of shit. You don't actually believe it because here's what belief says. Belief says, eh, okay, You, you, you think differently than I do. If we can have a discussion, we can have a discussion and I might see that you have a side and I have a side and we might not agree, but that's faith. That's belief. I can sit down with a Muslim person and find a connection. I can sit down with a Jewish person and find a connection. It doesn't have to be Christian faith. It doesn't have to. And that's why I was raised Southern Baptist. Right. And nothing you will ever hear me say will sound Southern Baptist at all. Because one, organizing around a faith becomes religion instantly. That's fucking stupid. Two, it's because once you stop trying to find the differences, well, the Muslims and the Muslims, I don't know about them boys. Or, you know, the, oh, my God. OK, so the biggest scandal in this little city. Right. This is tiny. It was tiny. I remember when it was a big deal that we got a Pizza Hut. I remember when it was a big deal that we were going to get a Walmart, you know, back in the day. It was tiny, but it had a huge church, First Baptist Church. I think there might have been a Second Baptist that was small. (laughs) But there's First Presbyterian and First Methodist. I shit you not, everybody had first in their name. Unless they were second, then of course they had second. And you could not, I could not go to their Presbyterian church, to their vacation Bible school because, oh my God, they're Presbyterians. You might as well said they were Muslim at that time. This, I'm talking about the eighties. And even now, I mean, people try to get stupid Muslims, but I'm saying you might as well said they were atheists because they were Presbyterian. They're still the Christian faith. If you don't understand how all this breaks down, you're not alone because it's fucking stupid. But if you're Baptist in that city, you could not go hang out at the Methodist church. You could not go hang out at the Presbyterian church because they were, they were evil. They were wrong. People would make fun of them. Oh my God. Can you believe that? Honestly, and I'm going to get this wrong. because I don't remember which one if Methodist or Presbyterian and not this, I'm not trying to insult you. I'm insulting the Baptists here. Okay. But then like, can you believe there's Presbyterian? They, they use a sponge and sprinkle babies. That's. They, those babies will never go to heaven because they don't understand. You go, oh, my God, shut the fuck up. Why are you so worried about what other people do when you're cheating on your wife? Why are you so worried about what other people do when, when you beat your kids? You know, when you, when you steal from your office. When you, Jesus fucking Christ, man. That's religion. That's religion in a nutshell. You never, ever want to look at yourself. That's why many southern churches preach hellfire and brimstone. Because one, they got to scare you and they keep coming back and giving money. Secondly, because nobody actually wants to deal with their own selves, much less the preacher. As soon as a preacher gets real about something, you lose people. Okay, let's bring it back to my story of my dad and Petra and the the controversy that caused. I learned a lot of my realness from him, I imagine, just thinking about the story, because instead of going, rock music's of the devil, he was like, the music is fine. If you really boil it down, God created everything, right? It never said this type of music is of Jesus. This type of music isn't. It said God created all things. We don't know what David played for Saul to come Him down. It could have been Metallica's inner sandman, for all we know. You know? <laughs> I, I forget the actual prophet. I think it's Elijah, but I don't remember the actual prophet that said literally in the Bible, in the old testament. Almost as far back as you can go in written history, because I don't know if the Egyptians ever said anything like this, but literally the translation in the Bible is there's nothing new under the sun, okay? This was thousands of years, hundreds, whatever. I don't know a timeline, but it was way before you and me came around. So David absolutely could have played Inner Sandman, and it just kind of came back in the ethos, and and, uh, all things happened at once, and then James Hetfield got inspired. What can you say? He realized that music's just music. Uh, I won't jump to a Bob Jones story in a minute, uh, but music is just music. This was a group, Petro was a group that was really espousing the Bible views. I haven't gone back after after I grabbed onto words, which is uh, uh, words mean things. And really think about what you say and think about what you're listening to and what it means to you. I haven't, since I grasped that view of life, I've not gone back and re-listened to them, to be honest. And The Rock Cries Out was one of my favorite albums. It was just praise music. It was, it was Petra, though. It's Petra, and it's, so it's hard metal praise music. It was fun. It was good stuff. He, being that this is a big church, the reason I went into all those names is to say this, is a, this was a big established church, so as Christian music was coming up, this became one of the places in the South to go. And record labels would send records and tapes, like, hey, give these away to your kids. Christian bookstores started popping up that were selling books and music and all the other stuff. So this church where we were became a hub saying, hey, you have a huge influence on your community, Uh, not just your community, but in the surrounding communities as well. Here's some free stuff. Give it away. And I don't remember how he did it, but basically he was not only playing Petra music in the youth group. He gave away a tape to somebody. And I don't know the timeline But that somebody's parents got furious. How dare you give rock and roll music to my kid? And they made it such a big deal in the church. And again, my parents sheltered me. They kept me away from details. But I remember you still catch things as a kid. And that's the the problem, too, with religion is you hide. You hide so much when you're religious. Oh, we can't do this. We, We can't tell people that. Oh, don't tell the kids. No, I'm, I'm the opposite with my kids. I tell them, if you feel like you have to hide it, you're doing something wrong. Think about that. If you ever feel like you have to hide something about yourself or about what you're doing, then you're doing something wrong. Or, because with my kid, I tell him I accept everything. If I tell you no to not do something, there's reasons. And I'll be more than happy to give you reasons. The only time I've ever told my kid because I said so was one, because they were, they were arguing back, and two, either I didn't have time or I didn't feel like explaining it. But I've built a relationship with them where they know that I will explain it, even after I said, because I said so, I'll come back later, or they can ask again later, those kind of things. It's never, I'm the authority, to do it. It's because right now I just need you to do what I fucking tell you to do. If you have to hide who you are, you're in a wrong situation. Either, either you're doing something wrong, you're in a wrong situation either way you need to fix it you should faith faith and honestly religion should be about being free about being loved about being happy jesus went down there's the story of the bible right jesus went down to the low end of town and my parents had to explain to me basically he had dinner with prostitutes and drug dealers and and the scum of the earth it could have been just poor people i mean i'm not a scholar of the bible i've been indoctrinated and brainwashed by it for many many years there's a difference okay be clear here listen to me on faith i believe in a higher power you can call it god you can call it universe i believe (laughs) i'm sorry (laughs) i just got a song in my head i believe in the faith it grows before i go to let down anyway uh, I think that's third eye blind. <laughs> I definitely believe in things. And and maybe we'll get into some of what I believe a little bit later. But religion taught me that Jesus went and, and he ate with those dirty whores. And he ate with the horrible tax collectors and the drug dealers. and uh, He did it. He did it. He didn't go and eat with the the fucking religious leaders. He didn't go and party with the upper crust of the Roman empire. He went and I don't remember being taught that he went there to convert them from their evil ways, which you would have thought in the religion that I was in that that's what they would have taught. And perhaps maybe it never stuck with me that that's what I was trying to be taught because what I took away from that was he accepted people at who they were at where they were. He didn't go and try to change them. So if you've got to change you're doing something wrong. You know, I'm still a little weird, honestly, about an uh, episode I recorded a couple episodes ago because none of this is in a timeline. All the Rock. Got a podcasting are, are evergreen. It's a topic. It's, it's stories. It's, it's rarely relevant to what's going on at the current time of recording. And even if it is, it's just a small part of it. But a couple episodes ago, I actually talked about uh, That smoke Weed, and it was a we, it's freeing and I've done a little bit more in public, but it's weird because I've been raised in this religious stigma. I've also been raised in our, raised in our societal stigma of that's wrong. You know, well, you know what? I, I work for myself. I don't have to worry about the man. So what am I worrying about? there? nothing. My wife doesn't care. I've actually told my older two kids about it because they started going through classes at school. we drugs are wrong. And it's like, well, here's my chance to tell you something. And I explained to them my point of view, and I'm not gonna get into it here, right? You know, that can be a question. If you wanna ask a question about drugs and about my view on it, go right ahead. We'll have that show. I would love to hear from you on that. Right now we're talking about religion. And religion is the, oh my God, what is it? The quote, religion is the opiate of the masses. And I cannot remember who said that exactly, but that's the quote. And that's true, because we want to go somewhere that either tells us that we're okay because of what we do, Or that tells us that no matter what we do, we'll be okay. Or maybe scares us back. Whatever you're seeking, you will find. And I didn't even mean to make a biblical reference with that statement. But that is fucking true. The statement is, if you seek, you will find. Ask and the door shall be open. No. Ask and it shall be given unto you. Seeking ye shall find. Knock and the door will be open unto you. That's some Bible verse in Matthew, okay? And it's always and that's some words that Jesus spoke. And we always like. It's about being saved. Fuck, no, it's not, you dumb shit. It's about life. If you seek something out, you will find it. If you seek like-minded religious people who want to preach Hell's Fire and Brimstone because God, for some reason, you need that, you will find it. If you go looking for trouble in everything you do, which is religion in a nutshell, religion in a nutshell will go looking for problems. Guess what? You will find problems. If you go looking for people who are happy, who will take you to a happier place, you will find them. He was telling you the secrets to life. Just ask. That's something even even throughout my entire life. Getting, if you ask my mom, I always got everything I wanted. Not, not that I was spoiled. But if I set my mind on something, I was going to do something, I got it. It got done. Whatever that was. Even a life of that, my wife had to teach me it never hurts to ask. And even after I grasped that concept, I still didn't fully live it out. And I didn't fully do things. And even now, I find myself resisting sometimes. When I go up against something... All right, here's a quick example. Not that long ago, uh, Batman versus Superman is on Blu-ray. And I hate Walmart. I've always hated Walmart. I've got plenty of reasons to hate Walmart. Amazon had the Blu-ray DVD uh, download, digital download, on sale for $15. Supposed to be regular $30-something, dollars, $35, $15. Awesome. But I wouldn't mind having it tonight. Let me search around because my wife has taught me to do a comparison shop. And Target was still full price at $29, I think. Walmart was at $15 on their website, pull up their app and it says in stores, $15. So as much as I hate Walmart, I'm trying to get it right now. And I stopped by, I happen to be working a gig and in the same parking lot as my gig is a Walmart. So as soon as I get done, i March right over there. And I pull up the app it says $15 at this particular store that I'm walking into. I walk into the store. I go up to find the Blu-ray DVD. And it says $29 on the rack. Like, hmm, this is going to be bad. And I picked it up. Now, you could say, and and maybe you're right. Right, God, you just said if you seek problems, you'll find them. And you said you hold on to words. Well, maybe I did cause a problem. Because I went in having a negative emotion about Walmart. I fucking hate Walmart with a passion. And it's not because, oh, mom and pop stores. No, fuck you, mom and pop stores. You got to get your shit together. If you give better customer service, Even if you have to charge higher prices, I am telling you now, there's people like me out there in the world who will pay a little bit more because you take care of us. Because it's not just about the fucking product on the shelf, which is all Walmart's about. And they won't always have the best prices, people. You get fucking brainwashed into that shit. There are many times nowadays, Walmart is more expensive than other places you could go, but you've been brainwashed into low prices every day. Fuck you, no, it's not. And I was actually told by a Walmart employee this exact night of the purchase of the DVD that they don't even price match anymore. And that could have been her being a jackass. I don't know. But here's the rest of the story. So I take the, the DVD and go, man, I know this is going to be this is gonna be bad. And perhaps I did cause a problem. But the rest of the story goes, I went and scanned it in the machine. The machine said $29. Like, son of a bitch. Using their app, the Walmart app on my phone will scan the barcode, scan the barcode. It came up with that exact movie, $15, the address of the store, in store now, and it gave the address of that store that I'm standing in, okay? I've never had an issue using that before. Went to check out, and the girl went, Duke 29. I said, well, I'm going to need you to price match this. She goes, we don't price match anymore. I'm like, okay, let me finish my statement, asshole, which I didn't say asshole. But I'm thinking, you fucking piece of shit, shut the fuck up and listen to me. Because I'm right. And especially when I'm tired, I fucking hate being right and having people yell at me and being, you know. A lot of times I can be the gambler, right? I can hold the ace and go, no, I've I've won. Thank you. But in this case, sometimes I just get ill. And I got ill. I said, no, listen to me. I said, here's the app. This is the Walmart app this is walmart this is what it says on your app and i'm showing it to her i said this is your address and then she tried to nitpick it Well, is it the 30 minute extended thought, let me explain something to you about this it says ultimate edition yes that's the extended 30 minute cut. well it didn't have the sticker on the picture i'm like get your manager because you're pissing me off and she went, duh, duh, duh. and we had to sit there and wait and of course the manager didn't give two shits because that's my other big problem with walmart is they don't pay their people they don't take care of their people How do you think they save money and make billions? Because they treat their people like shit. I used to work for Walmart a long time ago before Sam Walton died, and I've seen the change. Actually, when I lost my house and lost my job, I went and tried to apply at Walmart and found out that you basically get minimum wage, and they only hire the shittiest of people because anybody of value will move on quickly. And maybe that's a Southern thing, but I'm telling you, every fucking Walmart in the South Is like that it's dirty and that people don't give two shits about their job because they just have to have an income and they get treated like shit so this is one of those people and she didn't give two shits about coming over she took her time held up the line and I sat there waited kind of to prove my point because my wife told me it never hurts to ask what I should have done when she gave me grief like you know what no thank you and walked off instead I, I changed it from asking to a fight the short version is, the other person came up, <laughs> and you'll kind of get a kick out of this. The other person came up and was kind of arguing, too. She says, all right. I said, and I kept saying, this is your app. Do you see? This is Walmart app. I, look, bloop, I scan it, and it, it comes up the same thing every time. Well, it's, and so she took her scanner out, right? She had a special scanner in her pocket. Went, well, let's see. Bloop. Look, it's $29, and I couldn't help myself, listeners. I went, oh, yeah, I can do that, too. Watch. And it's fifteen dollars. So what are you gonna do? Well, I'm like, you know what I, I, I did I and I shouldn't have done this but I did I lost it. I said, you know what? Fuck you This is not worth my fucking time I'm gonna go spend my money somewhere else. Go fuck yourself and I walked away and I know they left going well We're right and I don't know his problem I think that's where I get angry is I know I'm fucking right One, I'm fucking right at Walmart's a shithole I'm fucking right about the price because It's two different worlds. It's it's fucking two different worlds, right? There's the real world where corporate Walmart is going, no, no, no. We want to compete and we want your money and we will do what it takes to get your money. So we're going to make you $15. And then there's the other real world where you walk in and it's shitty. That's religion, man. That's religion right there. Jesus is corporate. Jesus is up here going, no, 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 I love you. I want everybody to come live in heaven. I want everybody to be happy and have the best life they could have. And I will help you get there. What can I do to help you get there? And then you walk into the church and it's, well, Jesus hates you because you're gay. Jesus hates you because you thought a curse word once when you're 12. Jesus, hey, oh my God. If you're listening to the sound of my voice still at uh, over 30 minutes in, if you're listening still, and you're, you're, you're confused, you're conflicted, you're angry. Maybe I'm touching on some things, but you're still here. Let me tell you something. If you go into a place that makes you say, oh, I'm a sinner. If you go into a place that makes you say, I'm worthless, I'm dirty. Mm-hmm. Fuck it, get out. Jesus never made anybody say that. Ever. He never told anybody there that he told Peter, you're going to betray me three times. And Peter's like, what the fuck are you talking about? I would never do that. And then he did it. And then what did Jesus do? No, he didn't go. I told you so, fucker. Jesus went, you're forgiven. It was a fact. It was not a condemnation. It was a fact. This is what's going to happen. It's okay. I forget which one of them was in the garden of Gethsemane. Cut the guy's ear off out of his loyalty and protections like I am uh uh uh-uh. and just like no 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 hold, chill out bro. He healed the guy. Healed the guy if you're gonna believe the story. And they still had to do their jobs <laughs> in arrest him. I mean can you imagine? Oh my God, he just cut off this guy's ear. We're about to kill some people and and the guy you're coming to arrest for being a false prophet and everything else they accused him of heals the guy in front of you and calms everything down because oh, no no I'll go with you. It's it's I, I knew you were coming. It's do your job. What are you, what, what, as a human being, what are you going to do? And that's religion, man. Religion takes a human being out of it and somehow makes it this magical land of bullshit that is, makes you, you, the person, the villain of the story. I won't sing Amazing Grace where talks saved a wretch like me. No, man. For those of you who have kids or dogs, or pets that you love. Something that you love outside of yourself that maybe you didn't create. But something that no matter what they do, you realize they're still good. They're still fine. For me, it's my kids. I have four children and they can drive me fucking crazy. They can get me so mad sometimes. But I always even though I man, I do I do some of the shit I never want to do. You know, I do say things to them that I know could possibly scar them, probably scar them, hopefully not. Hopefully, they realize I'm a human being because I try to show them that all the time. I mean, that's one of the differences I do as a parent. I actually try to show them my weaknesses. I try to show them I'm wrong. If I get mad and scream at them and say ugly things to them, I will come back and say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This is what I meant to say. This is what I want you to hear. And while I said those ugly things to you, I'm going to do my best to never say stuff like that again. And I'm sorry. And I try to show where I'm wrong and I'm weak, not just in when I'm interacting with them, but everywhere because they need to understand I'm a human being. That will help lessen the damage that I do when I'm angry. That will help lessen the damage that they hear because not all the damage that I do is on me. Some of it is on them and how they perceive it and how they hear things. But if I can show we're human beings, that helps. So taking it back to the church that I grew up in and to all churches, man, I remember this, this is at the Camilla Church, First Baptist Church, Camilla. You know, I only remember part of the the scandal. I just remember there was a scandal. I don't know what kind of trouble my dad got into. I don't know if it led ultimately to us being kicked out. And he, I don't remember his recounting of that exact story, but his recounting of the story in general, there were people who were deacons and other people who were powerful in the church. I mean, the money, the money in the town went to that church. That was the bottom line. They controlled it. You know, the people with the money control the church. The, the deacons control the church. Not it wasn't led by the preacher. It was controlled by deacons. He, he said he felt like it was a mafia. If you if you didn't do exactly what they wanted you to, you didn't do it the way they wanted you to, there were consequences. And ultimately for us, we got put out on the street. I remember in this church, uh, uh, a comedy group came. They were doing some kind of skit about being in heaven and they had to sneak past, the in their version of heaven, Every religion had its own, every version of Christianity, rather, had its own neighborhood, a gated neighborhood, right? There's the Baptist neighborhood, there's the Presbyterians, and they had this, and the joke was, that most people laughed at, some people get mad at, that they had to sneak past the Baptist gates because they think they're the only ones here. And it was funny to me, it resonated, but something clicked in me then, going, there's there's something not right here. That's funny because there's truth in it, because, I can't go hang out with Presbyterian kids. And I was homeschooled, so it wasn't like I interacted with them at, at public school or anything. So for me, literally, my world was, I can't, I can't be around Presbyterian kids. And that's a Christian faith. That's a Protestant faith, right? I can't go hang out with Methodists, even though they're, they're the same as us. It's, like, it's almost like saying, you can't hang out with black kids, but they're human beings. It doesn't, I don't understand. But they're black, you can't hang out with them. I never got told that. Although, as a child in that space, I never had a black friend. I didn't hang out with black people. They were on the wrong side of town. We went to the rich white church. And I didn't go to public school, like I said. So it wasn't that my personal family was racist. It was zero exposure to it. And the church, we were in, absolutely was fucking racist, without a doubt. I mean, the, you, you, you didn't get to come into that church if you're black. Now, they, they couldn't say that out loud. I mean, it's the 80s, right? They had the power, and you just, they just didn't do it. The black people had their own Baptist church, or Methodist, or Presbyterian, or whatever. So enough on all that. That gives you that was a lot on good on, on religion versus faith. But let's, let's talk about the change from religion to faith. I, cause I, I mean, I can go into all kinds of other stories. You've heard my story about the lady at a different church, a, a better church, right, where they did listen to my dad mostly. Uh, where they followed him versus the the deacons controlling the church, and I couldn't. We couldn't. We had to hide who we were. Right. We played stuff like spades and canasta and and hearts at home and fun family time cards. But we couldn't talk about playing cards because cards said poker on them. If you have to hide, God damn it, man. That's the one thing I regret on my father's behalf for his life is he's had to hide who he is because of the path that he's taken. He can't talk about watching R rated movies because they're R rated. That's of the devil. But one of his favorite movies of all time was Glory is one of them, and that's R-rated. But there's some Vietnam movie. I can't remember exactly which one it was, but he was in Vietnam, and that specific movie spoke to him and his experience, and we owned that movie. And he watched it with me and explained things to me. And it's not Platoon. I cannot remember which one it was, but... It was special to him, but we can never, ever talk about how he liked that movie or how he owned that movie or how he watched it because it's rated R and it would ruin him in the church just for having a rated R movie. Fucking idiots. That's religion, man. That's fucking... And take your pick. Take your pick. You can mock that, but I guarantee you, if you're in a standard church, you'll find somebody who tells you you can't do something that makes no sense to you, and they'll try to throw all kind of bullshit Bible verses at you that make no sense to you, and they will tell you you're wrong. And by God, if you want to stay in their good graces and in their church, you better fucking shape up. Now here, you better shape up. I need a man who's not religious at all. Anyway, sorry. Um... <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I got to tell you, going through all of that, I mean, I, I was taught to hate gays. I was taught to hate single mothers. I was taught to hate anybody who had sex outside of marriage and not necessarily by my parents. You know, I'm telling you, I am telling you, I lived in the church. I didn't finish that point. Well, I talked about Monday through Friday. They ran an office. I went to the office, blah, blah, blah. If they had an event on Thursday, guess where I was? Because my dad was the preacher. Not the preacher. He was the assistant pastor and the youth pastor. If the youth went on a trip because my mom helped out with my dad, my sister and I went along. I went to every fucking youth camp there was, even though I was too young to be there. Because where else are my parents going to do with me? They're running the camp. I went to every freaking conference that youth went to. Those are the worst. Those are the worst. Oh, my God. Talk about indoctrination. While there can be bits of truth. And that's the thing. That's why I don't shelter my kids. If they want to go to a church camp, I let them. If they want to go to a VBS, I let them. But I'm always asking them, what did you hear here? What did you bring home from it? Because I know they didn't. I know, although I know salvation was espoused and how your evil was espoused, because that's the church. That's the church in a nutshell. At some point, it doesn't matter what your good intentions are, you scare people into coming in, right? Very rare in the world do you have the Tony Robbins who just tell the truth and tell you that it's okay and that love will happen. And they become huge audiences and, and millionaires and people follow them. And I guarantee you, though, even the Tony Robbins and the Jim Swillies of the world who will speak truth and give you love and tell you it's okay and here's how we can change how you see the world, and here's how we can change how you see yourself. Even those guys will have religious followers who will just not get it. That's religion too, is not getting it. If I can tell you all you have to do is love, which I believe that's exactly what Jesus said, but if I can tell you to interact with me, okay, I'm a, I'm a podcaster, right? I'm the rock right god of podcasting. I teach podcasting to people, and I can say, look, all you have to do is get a microphone and tell about the world that you see, and that's all you need to do to be a podcaster. I will still get people who go, Oh, my God, but what? iTunes, uh, 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 the iTunes police, oh, oh, they, they're going to rate me. No, 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 it doesn't work that way. You control everything. You set your own rating. You set your own world. Oh, 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 but what about, what about the Stitcher? The Stitcher, what about the internet police? I literally saw someone use the word internet police the other day. I'm like, are you fucking kidding? Oh, my God, unfollow, unfriend, I can't be around you anymore. Because you make up your own religion based on it. And that's ultimate key for me. Religion is man-made. You make religion It's people made. You make religion. Faith is understanding there's just something out there. Faith is understanding, in my situation, this is what I had to tell my wife one day, in the middle, literally in the darkest parts of us losing the house and being in bankruptcy and not literally not knowing where the money was going to come from, to pay what bills we had to pay. And she's going, what are we going to do? And I had to tell her, this is faith. I had to tell her, I don't know. But the money will come because it has. All I can tell you is we'll make it through because we always have. Every time we never thought we would and we got stressed and we got crazy, our religion of our lives. And see here what I'm doing, people? Religion is not just about the Bible. Religion is about the false shit you put in your life. And the religion of our lives stressed us out going, oh, my God, I have to have a paycheck to make this bill. But life, faith Truth said, it's not on you necessarily to make it through. It's on you to not give up because life will go on. You give up. The ultimate give up is death, either by giving up on life and you die or by killing yourself. No judgment. This is fact. That's the ultimate give up. Guess what? Life moves on without you. You gave up. You understand what I'm saying? I'm saying in that darkest moment, religion could have kicked in. And I don't mean Jesus religion. Oh my God, though, I do have to say the people who go, Jesus will make a way, he did. He made you. He made me. I'm the fucking rock out of podcasting. You know why I don't shy away from that title? Why I don't even hesitate to say rock god of podcasting? One, I put the rock with it always. To kind of say, I'm not, this, I'm not trying to be this deity of podcasting. I don't think that highly of myself. I'm telling you, rock God, because you get that mental image of that, that, that ego guy on the stage who is kind of cool, who has something good to say, who who is pretty amazing. And oh, let's try to tear him down. But oh, no, he really did this other stuff. And guess what? I'm bulletproof, man. Because I will talk about anything in my life. If I do wrong, I'll tell you I did wrong. I'll tell you about the time if you ask. If you ask. If you go to rockgodpodcasting.com, get on SpeakPipe and ask. I'll tell you about the time I had to visit from DFACS and what I did wrong and what I did right. How I won that fucking battle in a heartbeat. Because when you're right, no, you know what? It's not just me. When you're right, when you stand on truth. Nelson Mandela, man, one of my heroes. Now, he didn't do everything right, but he stood on truth that his people should be free. He spent, I can't remember how many years in prison. And you can say, oh, he stood on truth and it, it incarcerated him. He wasn't incarcerated. He literally was approached by being incarcerated as in he lost. He didn't lose. He actually was approached by the government at one point before he was let out of prison. Years before he was let out of prison saying, if you'll just stop stirring this stuff up, if you'll just shut up, not even even take our side, just shut up, we'll let you out of prison. He went, nope, I'm good here. I'm happy. I'm peaceful. He was able to pass messages inside and outside of the prison. He was able to keep that truth out there. He chose to stay where he was. Does that sound like somebody who lost? He stood on truth, he ultimately got out of prison, he ultimately became the president of his country, and he ultimately fucking changed the world. Because he held on to what he needed to hold on to, which the truth, religion will never get you there. But faith, man. So I was taught to hate all these things. I was taught to hate single moms, I was taught to hate gays. And then guess what? Because it conflicted in me in life going, I'm seeking happiness. I'm seeking truth. And that's that's something I realized talking to Mike today, that my stories are this bad thing happened and I overcame it, but I never verbalized why I overcame it. It's to be happy. It's to be happier. It's to get to that point. Because if all you can see is the hardship. You can't overcome that. You have to know there's a better future. To be an Olympian and to go through all the trials, you have to understand there's a victory over there. The football players. Man, you could use all kinds of sports analogies here. Any analogies here. Steve Jobs, by all accounts, he was an asshole, right? He would scream. Sometimes he was unreasonable. He would go on tears. He treated some people like shit. Those are the proven stories that have come out. But at the same time, He also treated people well. I mean, he wasn't this one-dimensional guy. He got thrown out of his own company. He founded Apple. He built Apple. He went public. He got a board that ended up controlling things. They threw him out. The short version is they tanked. He still went on to be successful. Guess what? I don't think we'd have Pixar today if it weren't for Steve Jobs being thrown out of his company. Because that's where he ultimately landed was this tiny upstart company called Pixar. And he worked with them and then got them tied in with Disney. And guess what? We get some great movies and some great technology because of them. Movie making technology because of Pixar. Then his company, Apple. Went, we need you back, and he came back, and he brought us a new revolution: the iPhone, the iPod, man, all the new technology we have today, the smartphones. Were because he came, he, it's him, and he always just did him. Did he cry and rant because he got let go of his country? Probably, he's human, but he held on the truth. The truth was, he needed to change the world with his technology. What he saw, I was trying to find truth coming out of all these things. You know, there's good things, there was bad things that happened to that church. But they were still, I learned truth. That's the crazy thing, right? You know, I, I'm pretty sure the same guy who destroyed the records and talked about aborting babies, you know, being ugly and sinful and all this other stuff. I mean, there were some things that scarred me a little bit with what Billy Mayo said. But I'm pretty sure the same guy who did all the stuff, I went, whoa, wait, what? I don't, huh, What? And I'm watching everybody around me, or at least what I perceived to be everybody. I'm sure not literally everybody, but everybody around me bringing their records and their tapes and they're destroying shit and they're, they're breaking the records and ripping the tapes out. And then they, I, I'm pretty sure we did a fire out in the parking lot where they got a big burn barrel and threw stuff in and burned it. And everybody's, we're free. Oh, my God. I'm sitting there at like eight or nine or 10 years old. Because again, I live at the church. So I'm not old enough to actually be at these things, but I have to be because my mom and dad are there. And Inside of me, I'm going, it's a surreal moment going, I don't, what? Why are you doing this? I don't understand. This seems stupid. This doesn't seem right. Hey, wait, I would like to have that record you're about to break. I'll, I'll take that. And my mom and dad didn't necessarily follow that either. I mean, they never encouraged me to break anything or destroy anything. And and Billy may never came back. And who says that they were the ones who booked him? I don't know who booked him. But that same guy who's doing this stuff that makes no sense, I'm pretty goddamn sure he's the same guy that taught me that faith is sitting in a chair. That's faith. How can you espouse 90% religion and teach 10% faith? And that's what stuck with me. And I'm conflicted with these things, right? And I'm, I'm seeking happiness because as long as you're conflicted about things, you need to seek truth and you need to, to chase that down because it will take you through some hard times, but ultimately you'll get happy and free. And freedom gives you the ability to go, okay, I truly believe what I believe. If you don't, that's okay. We can believe different things. Oh, you you believe in reincarnation. Okay. That sounds cool. I, you know what? If that happens, that happens. I believe in, in an ultimate reconciliation. That's what I believe. In the end, we'll all be cool. You know, We're both happy. That's faith, man. Being happy. And, and so I'm, I'm growing up and there, sure enough, as I'm seeking out these truths, I'm seeking out to, to reconcile my own conflict. I come across a friend of mine and I become good friends with her. And unbeknownst to me, and now she was with a boyfriend. It wasn't like that. I mean, we were just friends. Unbeknownst um, to me, she sleeps with her boyfriend, she gets pregnant. And then, of course, it comes out, and it's a scandal in the church. And this is a good church, and the family was a good family. And I, I don't know all the ins and outs of how they dealt with her, but they they helped. Instead of kicking her out and ostracizing her, which was what most religious people do, they helped. There's some horrible things my mama said in the group part paths of that. But I remember thinking to myself, having one of those quiet moments where I'm analyzing going, okay, she's cool, babies are cool, I am su- I feel like I'm supposed to hate her. And, and, and I just wanna reiterate, in case my parents ever do listen to these things, which I doubt, but if they do, I don't think I learned everything from them. I think there were definitely times they were trying to fight against some of the stuff I learned in the churches. My whole thing about this whole religious thing is You get inundated with it. I had Sunday school teachers. I had youth teachers. I had Sunday night teachers. I had other people in the church. I had speakers. I had preachers. You know, I had other people inundating me and brainwashing me with this stuff besides my parents. Now, they definitely taught me some religion, but I think most of this came from outside of them. And I'm a teenager. You know, we're 15, 16 at this point when this girl gets pregnant and uh, maybe a little older, maybe whatever. But in the teen years, we're roughly the same age. And I remember her telling me about it in a non-judgmental way. I remember feeling like, wait a minute, I'm, I'm supposed to hate the sinner, right? Or no, I'm supposed to hate the sin, love the sinner. You know, I, I I had this ultimate test of, of what do you believe? I just let it go. That's the first step. I just go, I, I don't know. I know that I think she's a cool person. I know that babies are, are cool. I mean, I've always been a big fan of families and, and been good with kids. And I up being that kid's godfather for a little while the, the first step to faith was letting go of, of this false belief well i don't know what i believe and doesn't matter i mean i, I, I you know, some people will okay. say they hear a still small voice they hear an outside a voice outside themselves i can't say i've ever heard anything i've never i can't say that i've ever had a a revelation by jesus that says uh that but this is maybe as close as that is is i questioned myself and i just went who fucking cares what does it matter? Let Jesus handle Jesus' business. I am too tired. And this is at 16 or whatever. I'm too fucking tired to be trying to handle his shit. I'm just going to handle my shit. Does it matter to me? No, it doesn't. She's still going to be my friend. I'm going to help her. I'll babysit the baby or you know whatever. I'm still going to think the kid's cool. And life went on. Remember I told you that about the secret to happiness is understanding life goes on. Life went on. Then I, you know, I've been raised to gays or sin. I don't know that my parents ever wanted me to hate anything, but there were definitely situations. I, you know, we, I've told the story about getting put out in the street, and I don't know if I've told the whole story, but I feel like I've told enough. If you ask a question, again, bearcrawling at gmail.com. If you ask me about specific stories, I'll be more than happy to go 100% into detail. But I think I've told enough about being put out in the street when I was 12 years old by the church. and my whole family. That fucks you up as a kid, right? I know I've talked about some of that on previous episodes. You know, I have this darkness and this hatred in me for this damage that was done that wasn't dealt with by anybody for many years. I finally dealt with it on my own as an adult. But that's a whole other story. But I'm dealing with these things. So I don't think my, my family wanted me to hate things, but I did. I never hated the sin and loved the sinner. I hated everything. And, but I had to say, well, I like her. I, I, I like this kid. So I'm just going to let go of that. I don't, I don't know. That's my ultimate answer. Life moved on. Then I started working at Chick-fil-A. And I'm 18, 19 years old. I start working with this guy who's really cool. His name is Marcus. And he was very flamboyant, very flamboyant. He wasn't sure he was gay. He leaned towards being gay. I, I don't know what his struggle was. And this is at a time I'm trying to figure out things. The struggle in me was, but Jesus said gays are evil. I like Marcus. I think he's a good guy. And something inside of me sees the pain inside of him. Actually, no, not the something. The pain in me sees the pain in him. And we can kind of relate to each other that way. Not in sharing in the, oh, poor, pitiful me moments, but just the damage I had. And and I'm not going to share some of his story that he ended up sharing with me, but he definitely had some horrible things happen to him in life. What that moment did for me, that, that time of life did for me, was I go, okay, well, how do I feel about gay people? Do I hate gay people? Why do I hate gay people? Because religion never lets you ask why. But faith, happiness, freedom does. You can go, why? Seek out the answer. Seek out the answer. And you'll find your answer. Maybe, maybe you'll still find that you believe that gay people need to be saved and, and repent. That's on you. I, I, have nothing, I don't know the answer. That's my ultimate answer. I don't know. But I know once I let go and said, I don't know, I was able to be more free in my own life and go, you know, it doesn't matter. Who cares? Who cares if you're gay or straight? You're my friend. I like hanging out with you. I like that you get me when the rest of the world doesn't get me. You know, that's, that's what I needed. And that was freedom. And that's faith, man. Faith is going, you don't have to know. Holy shit, man. You don't have to know every time that chair is going to work. You don't go in and check it every time and pray to the chair. Please, chair, please, please don't break this time. Please just sit there and hold my butt. Okay, okay. Oh, it's holding my butt. Oh, my prayers are answered. And maybe I'm oversimplifying. But if you're still listening to me at this point in the show, you get it. Or at least you want to get it. At least it's giving you something there. You're starting to see pieces of it. So I, I followed that path, man. I followed that path to the point of having to realize all my shit was inside of me. And all my shit could easily... Get away from me. I could be happy. I could be free. The only thing holding it down was these deep, dark chains that were on me, right? Yeah. But they were chains I put there to carry that burden around, to drag it around with me. And once I realized the chains and the scars and the pain that I carried was because I was holding it and carrying it instead of putting it down. And it's not easy. God damn it, man. When I've been at conferences and I've had this kind of concept explained to me, except the person explaining it goes, just let it go. Just put it down. If I come across that way, I apologize. But maybe something I said will stick with you and help you towards the future. Because I'm telling you now, it ain't easy. You can't just put it down. But once you realize you're carrying it, you can slowly and surely, as long as you stick with it, put down tiny pieces. What do I think about this gay person? I don't know. I like them, period. doesn't matter if they're gay or straight. What do I think about this person who smokes? I don't know, but I like them because I like me a little bit more now. That's faith, man. That's happiness, that's the freedom. And that's how you get there. And slowly so but surely, I dealt with most of my demons. I still think there's some you know, metaphorical demons, not the Baptist, praise Jesus, exercise the demons. <laughs> my, my, my darkness, my, my, let's go Dexter on it, my dark passenger. Uh, (laughs) my damage as I started putting that stuff down. I mean, I, I, I imagine there's probably some episodes of bear crawling that are still out there somewhere on somebody's hard drives i didn't really keep any of it i think i might have some but there were times i mean i took stuff so personally and i worked through so much of my pain through that show that i carried and it was during that show that i started to realize i'm carrying it i mean i went to counseling before that show and got taught some things about uh well i got taught what i shared before what you do is not who you are but understanding who you are is everything that you do changes everything that you do and that's true as i started going it doesn't matter Let Jesus worry about Jesus. Let God worry about God. You worry about you, that's anti-religion, man. But that's faith in a nutshell. If you can get to the point where you can say to your most beloved person in your life who you're both crashing and burning and you're losing everything in your life, and you can say, all I can tell you is we'll make it through because we always do, and they can see that because they were there with you on that path and they can go, what else do we have to hold on to? I mean, it was a life, uh, what's the circle? Man, it's not a, you know, the life vest. Okay. It was just a piece of something floating that you could hold on to just enough to keep from drowning. That's where we were, man. That is where we were. Aaron and I, we were barely holding on to that ring you see on the side of the Titanic and on the side of the ships that will float the life ring. And we were barely keeping our heads up. But that life ring was, I don't know, but it's okay to not know. And we had worked through our lives to that point of being able to say, we don't have to have the answers. I'm not taking Jesus away from you. I am not, you know, my intent is to, to help you get to where you want to be and be free and to understand what faith truly is. Faith is believing something without needing anybody else to ever believe it. That's, that's faith in a nutshell. I want to hear your hashtag faith stories. I want to hear your hashtag. Actually, you need to hashtag rock of podcasting. But if you got something out of this, if you agree with what I say, if you disagree, if you, you can always email me, bearcrawling at gmail.com. You can call the speak pipe. It's, it's on rock out of podcasting. You just click the tab. If you have a device, your phone, your tablet, your computer, as long as you have a microphone that's available, it will let you leave a message. If you're going to Twitter me, tweet uh, at Rock Pod or hashtag Rock Podcasting. Facebook is facebook.com forward slash Rock Podcasting. On Facebook, you can put at Rock Podcasting and it should hit me up. Hashtag is Rock Podcasting. That's what I'm going to search because I'm not going to search hashtag faith is Jesus. You know, you know, there's going to be a bajillion tags up there. I'm certainly not going to hashtag religion. But if you hashtag Rock Podcasting, I would like to know what you heard in this. I'm never going to argue with you. I'm going to believe what I believe and allow you to believe what you believe. And that's religion versus faith.